This is Sunday Rewind on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to Husker Rewind here on 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. I'm Mike Melby. Tom Stevens sits to my right driving the bus. And on the Aloe Fiber VIP line, we have from the Omaha World Herald, Mr. Evan Bland. Evan, how is your Sunday evening going? Hey, doing all right. Making sure, uh, you know, the food is stocked for Snowmageddon here and and ready to hunker in for, you know, the next uh, two weeks or or whatever it is. (laughs) Let's let's hope not, (laughs) man. Two weeks. (laughs) My goodness. (laughs) Well, heck, the storm in, uh, what was it, October of 97, I didn't have power for a week, so. Yeah, the snow was melted by the end of that one too. That was a wild time. Oh, I know. I was I, I was doing uh, not overnights, but I had to work that night at the Blaze uh, here in town. I was I was doing rock radio back then. Were you sleeping there? And, no, I I got uh, off the air at two a.m. because I was doing Saturday night threesomes, and I drove home in like the thickest part of the snow, and I had a seventy-seven El Camino wow. Super Sport with nothing in the back other than the snow that had fallen. It was an interesting trip home. Yep, I remember. That's that. That's amazing. I I was in uh, sixth grade. And so that, that kind of tells you how old I am, but like, I was thrilled to have the week off. And that was still like the only time I can ever remember observing a snow day when the snow was all gone by that Friday because of the, the ice destroying the power lines and all that. Just, uh, that was living man when yeah. you're uh, you know, an elementary kid for sure. Yeah, I remember the people heating their homes with their, their stove in the kitchen. It was so dangerous. <laughs> my, my grandpa did that. And really? I'm like, grandpa, no. We're not doing that. Yeah, Come on yeah. over to my house. Yeah, we had we had we had no power for right at like seven and a half days. Really? Yeah, yeah. Lost everything in the freezers and the fridges and yeah, yeah yuck. Well, hopefully it won't. I'm I'm guessing five to eight inches. I I mean we panic about snow in this town, but you know it's something to do. Uh big weekend for Nebraska football recruiting. That's one of the reasons we're having you on. Uh, biggest commit for you this weekend. Uh, between Nayor and Dowdell, uh, probably, I mean, it's interesting. It's an interesting question because I think Dowdell has probably the bigger upside. He certainly has more of the recruiting pedigree, that sort of thing. Uh, but Nayor was somebody like Nebraska had to have a receiver in this group. Like you look at what it's going to be next year and they have some good young talent on that that uh, position group but you've got nine guys who are going to be either scholarship freshmen or second year guys and like you just you had to have more experience there right now it was isaiah garcia castaneda and and alex bullock and like you know those guys had their moments last year but you need somebody who's a little bit more of a of a go-to guy or a big play guy certainly and so nayor fits that bill like you talk about somebody with 50 plus career catches in college 21 yards per catch on average so like that tells you what you need to know in terms of just his ability to beat a defense over the top or to catch a short pass and make something happen on his own so that was a big one um you know just for a sense of need but i think probably maybe in the long term when you you talk about dowdell having three more years of eligibility and, and he was a top 10 prospect at his position out of high school last year and all the rest like that's a guy who probably will be more of a household name by the end so i you know it's been a while since nebraska's had that guy that star running back and i think he's got a chance to be that so i'll say dowdell but i think it's a, a, a pretty close debate and you can probably argue either way uh what one of the not players and whatever was going on with the portal and recruiting but a name that popped up here recently i want to get your thoughts on it but dana holgerson 
is rumored to be in discussions with Matt Rule about possibly coming on board the Nebraska staff. Uh, what do you know, and what are your thoughts with his background? Yeah, I mean, we reported that yesterday that uh, that Nebraska was talking with him about that. I, you know, the timing of it is what you would expect with the the National Football Coaches Convention going on right now. I mean, I think Matt Rule was speaking like an hour ago yep. uh, at that thing, so he's down there. Um, and that's typically one of those times when you can find a hotel room and do some interviewing and networking and things like that. So the timing of it is what you would expect. That's pretty standard in the industry. Um, and, you know, we, we, we knew, generally speaking, that the way that the staff was organized this year was not what Matt Rule had envisioned. He he saw Marcus Satterfield as the offensive coordinator, but not necessarily the quarterback's coach when the staff was coming together. And he said that publicly. And so uh, you take kind of that fact along with what he said at the at the signing day press conference last month, that they didn't want to get into sort of how the staffing around the quarterback room would work. And, and it was pretty clear that they want to find uh, a different configuration to that. And there are a lot of ways you can do that, but Holgerson specifically is interesting. I mean, he's, he mentored guys like Case Keenum and Geno Smith and, has had his moments of success in more of an air raid system. I, I think maybe that's the curious part about it is his style of offense, uh, the history that he has with that offense is closer to Mike Leach and it is uh, kind of the pro style, the San Francisco 49ers sort of look that Matt Rule has talked about, Marcus Satterfield has talked about in the last year. So, you know, who knows whether that's uh, somebody who who would be a potential quarterback's coach. Maybe that's, somebody who could fill into an analyst role. You know, it's not uncommon for former head coaches uh, to sort of take a year or two and clear their head and, and work behind the scenes and affect change in that way. I think that's a possibility as well. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, again, I, I think it kind of going into the week, the idea or the sort of the, the popular schools of thought were that it maybe it was Glenn Thomas, who's still finishing out an NFL season, uh, or maybe you promote from within and you go with Adam DeMichael, who's been somebody who's worked with quarterbacks uh, in, in more of an off-the-field role as well. So I don't think you can rule out uh, those particular candidates yet. I, I think some things still have to play out in terms of the end of the NFL regular season here coming right up um, with the coaching turnover and, and churn that's about to occur there. But uh, it does, you know, we, we can confirm that Holgerson was a name that uh, that they've talked with, whether that's, again, in the quarterback coaching role or something else remains to be seen. It is interesting because he's had some success and quite a bit of success. Uh, he was a disciple of Mike Leach in the air raid offense, as you mentioned. But uh, Matt Rule has talked a lot about running the football. Um, that doesn't necessarily seem to fit. And he's also mentioned in the past that, hey, we don't necessarily want celebrity coaches, and he would seem to kind of fit that bill. Uh, and the fit just seems a little weird to me. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, from a from a from just a, a standpoint of, like, where you um, came from offensively, like, as you just laid out, it's not. it doesn't seem like maybe that's – the direction Nebraska necessarily wants to go, which is again, why I think it's possible that he could be uh, in the works for sort of an off the field role. And, and that's common at power five programs all over the place where a guy doesn't want to necessarily jump back in, but he wants to be involved somewhere with the program and help and, and use that football knowledge in a different way. Maybe you don't have to worry about recruiting and things like that. 
So I, I think that's possible. Um, you know, the offensive discussion to me is fascinating because you, I think you can look at the year that Nebraska has had and, uh, by most metrics, it was a disaster in terms of giveaways and points scored and all the rest. But I think the bigger conversation is also interesting in that, unlike the defense, we don't really – there weren't a lot of takeaways of like what Nebraska wants to do offensively moving forward. Like I, I think we can confidently say they're not going to be running option pitches very often next season. And so that was a situation where they were adjusting to the personnel that they had. They were trying to find a way – to get to six wins and extend their season. Uh, and I think now that you have a guy like Dylan Riola and Daniel Kalen in the mix, along with Harburg still, uh, this is the year when you, when you say, okay, what do we want to do? We have the guys that can execute something different than what we did last year. What does that look like? So um, again, I would be surprised if Nebraska went more the, the air raid uh, route, just based on, what Nebraska was about last year, what Matt Rule has said, what, what Marcus Satterfield has said. Um, but I also think it's true that we probably don't have a great sense of what this offense will look like at Nebraska just because we haven't seen it yet. Evan Bland from the Omaha World Herald joining us on the Aloe Fiber VIP line. And Frank Erickson on the Sutter Heyman text line had asked earlier, uh, with the new players and maybe an additional coach, is the offense going to change? You just addressed that Um do you have any inkling? Do you is there a team that you can sit there and look at today that that Nebraska fans can say, "Oh, we're going to look kind of like that"? Is there like in your mind with what you think Marcus Satterfield and Matt Rule are going to do with the offense next year? Is there a team that comes to mind that you could say, "Hey, maybe watch them. Nebraska might look like that next year." Well, yeah, I mean, I think there are bits and pieces of different things. I, I think of the way that Marcus or that that Matt Rule talked about Michigan. As an example, like I think as Nebraska works to ascend in the Big Ten, like their goal is going to be more offensively is going to be more Michigan and less Ohio State. Like, I don't think you're going to see them build their offense around five star receivers and things like that. Like they want to lean on the run. They want to uh, build an offensive line from within and develop and make that a strength. And then you can pound the rock, win the fourth quarter, much like we just saw Michigan do against Alabama and the Rose Bowl. So I think a college comparison would be Michigan, and they run a pro style. They don't ask their quarterback to do too much, though J.J. McCarthy is really talented. And then, you know, again, as Matt Rule said last month, he and, and they've mentioned multiple times in their year in Lincoln, uh, they go to the, the 49ers comparison. And, mm-hmm. and what they really mean by that is this positionless offense where a guy like Carter Nelson can come in and – be a tight end and line up wide as a receiver. And, you know, as Matt rule kind of talked about again, last month, a guy who can jump close to seven feet in the high jump, um, maybe as a goal line guy who can jump over the pile and then do an end zone. So like somebody like that, who's versatile and what he can do, I think is of value um, for Nebraska. I think uh, for what's worth Dante Dowdell has some of those characteristics too. Like he's not afraid to run between the tackles, but he can also, break one on the outside and, and he's physical and, and that sort of thing. So I think that's what they're working toward. You know, you, you kind of think on the defensive side, like how these players are so interchangeable uh, to the point to where you don't know maybe where the pressure's coming from or what sort of package they're in. I think that's the, what they're working toward is, is a similar look on offense where you might see, you know, three or four skilled players out there and you don't necessarily know, 
are they blocking? Are they going out wide? Is this a run play? I think that's sort of what they're working for as well. Yeah, if you're going to run a 49ers offense, it helps to have a George Kittle and a Debo Samuel and a Christian McCaffrey. And I think they're getting that more and more on the recruiting trail. And we've mentioned in the portal that they've kind of got that. And Dylan Riola certainly fits that bill. But if they are going to go with Riola, uh, do you think that they'll go to the portal for a quarterback to back him up? Or are they good with what they have? great question i mean you would think uh you would want that guy in your system for spring and so if that's the case you kind of look at the timeline and say okay classes at unl start january 22nd uh this is a big visitor weekend there wasn't a quarterback in the group and so you really have more or less another week if you want to bring somebody in so i think we'll figure that out fairly quickly i mean i guess you can't rule out the possibility that uh, a quarterback who fits that bill could go into the portal when it opens back up in mid to late April. And then you bring him in over the summer uh, with a chance to back him up. But you would think more, more likely than not given their roster crunch uh, scholarship crunch that they're in, like you, you probably want to figure that out sooner than later. So, you know, I, I personally, and, and I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but I personally still think a guy like Casey Thompson would make a lot of sense. Somebody who's, at the very end of his college career, who kind of knows what he is, somebody who knows that he can make six figures at Nebraska, who uh, is going to have all the support off the field that you could ever ask for from fans, medically, um, you know, nutritionally, strength training, all the rest. Like, I, it's, I think it's a tough, it can be a tough uh, sell in general in the portal, I think, just because, again, by the nature of what that is, Guys are going in there looking for a path to playing time. I think it's a harder pitch to put out there to say, hey, we have a guy that we like as our number one. Would you be willing to come in and be a mentor and and maybe you know use this as a stepping stone to a coaching career down the line and, and make a couple thousand hundred thousand dollars like it's not a it's not necessarily I think what guys are looking for in there, but I think to answer your question, yeah, you, ideally you would still find that person who's come, willing to come in and be sort of a safety net and, and a player coach. Um, but again, I think, you know, ideally that's what you want, but in, in practical terms, uh, that's going to be a lot harder to find that person. Hey, Evan, before we let you go, I've I got to throw it out. I know you're, you're uh, big on covering Husker baseball. We're a little under six weeks away from, from Nebraska in the, what is it, Shriners Children's College Showdown or something? Uh, yeah. Baylor, Tech, and Oklahoma uh, on mm-hmm. the docket for that, uh, what is it, third weekend or whatever in February. What, what do you expect from Will Bolt's gang this year? Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting. It's, kind of, it's the third year in a row where they've turned over, I think, half or a little more than half of their roster. And so it's kind of created these situations where you just you don't really necessarily know what to expect I think you know offensively they're going to be a little bit more uh diverse than they were last year I don't personally I don't see them approaching the school record 97 home runs (laughs) they're not going to hit 100 home runs again (laughs) yeah I'm not seeing that but like I do think they're going to be more diverse I think Dylan Carey is, is probably going to be your star taking a step forward I think he's going to slide to shortstop um you know, Gabe Swanson coming back, he had a really good season um, by, you know, other than uh, Bryce and Max last year, like he was, he was the guy. So I think they have a nice place to start there. And then on the mound, you know, that to me is, is going to be one of the storylines of the year. 
And the problem that Nebraska has run into in its last couple of years here, falling short of the NCAA tournament, hasn't necessarily been the frontline guys, the Fridays or, or Saturday starters. It's been, what do you do in the midweek? What do you do in the fourth game of a weekend series? And like, they just haven't had an answer to that. So to me, the big question is, what's the Rob Childress effect going to be in year one uh, for a guy who built those great College World Series staffs for Nebraska in the mid-2000s, who uh, built a bunch of uh, successful staffs at Texas A&M. What's his immediate impact at Nebraska with a group of guys um, that have some talent, but maybe the command hasn't always been there, especially for some of the newcomers. So I think that's going to be really fascinating to see how that depth materializes. And if he can put his Midas touch on that staff right away, I think that's one of the X factors that can make Nebraska take that jump from Big Ten contender to a postseason team. Well, a really good uh, non-conference schedule. Baylor, as uh, Mike mentioned, they open up with Baylor, then it's Texas Tech, Oklahoma in that tournament as well. Who do you got uh, tomorrow night? Who's the new national title winner? Uh, you know, Head says Michigan. I'd love to see Washington win it and Kalen DeBoer. I think that'd be really cool to see you know, former NAIA guy complete that rise, what a meteoric uh, rise that has been, and what a cool story that would be. Um, but, you know, I just think – I don't think Michigan's going to make the mistake Texas did going away from the running uh, attack. I think Michigan probably can and will pound it consistently on Washington, and I'm just not sure the Huskies can stop it. So, you know, typically in these games you take the team that can own the line of scrimmage. I think that's the Wolverines – um, the, the, the interesting thing is Washington has the best quarterback in the game in, in Michael Penix. So uh, I, I expect it'll be a good game, but ultimately I just think, you know, just with those lines that Michigan has, they've got to be the favorites. All right. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more recruiting here coming up. I don't think Nebraska is probably done in the portal, so we'll have you back for more of that and then the baseball within uh, six weeks. So that'll be fun. Thanks, Evan. Sounds Sounds great. Thanks, yep. guys. Appreciate Thanks, it. Evan. Uh, Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald. Great stuff. I can't wait for baseball. I think they're going to be – yeah, they're not going to hit 100, 100 home runs this year. Uh, that's, no. that's for sure. If they do, they're going to win the College World Series. But um, <laughs> I, I, do, I do think they'll be better on the mound. I think they'll hit. Uh, they'll be a, overall a better hitting team, and they'll steal more bases this year. One thing I want to throw out, we always, you know, we're in radio, which is a, a public service from the standpoint of uh, when stuff goes on, we want to make sure we let you know about it. So for all the kids that don't already know, Malcolm District 148 schools closed tomorrow. Waverly District 145 schools closed tomorrow. Lincoln Public Schools closed tomorrow. Yeah. And that's everything that I've got so far. So if you're in Malcolm, if you're in Waverly, if you're in Lincoln, uh, kids, guess what? It's time to go build snowmen tomorrow because you ain't going to school. And I'm assuming sometimes you look silly that you predict, you know, a snowstorm of eight inches and you get a dusting, you get one or two. Uh, but I, I think it's better safe than sorry. Call it off early. I mean, because we're talking about 40 mile an hour winds tomorrow. That's the thing. Yeah. Is the winds. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yep. So, um, yeah. Kids, stay up all night. Uh, consume lots of caffeine and uh, drive your parents crazy. There you go. <laughs> Public service announcement from Tom Stevens. <laughs> 93.7, the ticket uh, does not agree with anything he says. <laughs> <laughs> let's, get to break, let's get to break and come back with more after this.